1: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. If you want to listen to this show on demand, you can find us on Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. Just about everywhere else you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Want to email me? I'm at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. And if you want to call into the show, we've got a voicemail set up. You can leave your questions and comments there. Don't just start cursing. I'll have to bleep you. That number is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Man, do you think that the Democrat Party realizes, has taken notice that their leaders and the driving force behind their party are crazy, have lost their mind, have lost touch with traditional American values, no longer support free enterprise, capitalism, self-determination, free speech, secure country, Nancy Pelosi is absolutely being held captive by these radical cultural Marxist leftists. Well, she's a radical cultural Marxist leftist herself, but nothing like this new crop led by AOC and Omar and Talib. There's a bunch of other, uh, others of them that support this. And the whole damned presidential campaign field for the Democrats is all on board with this far left wing. And the reason they are, and this is just coming out, and I'm just realizing it myself, is because uh, the Democrat Party relies on a a lot of voters that don't pay any attention to politics. They just know that the Democrat Party is the party of giveaways and freebies. And they're voting for Uh, these radical identity politics uh, crop, this, this new driving force behind the Democrat Party, because they don't pay attention and they don't turn out in these primaries that select the Democrat Party candidates for president. Bernie Sanders illustrated that quite well in 2016, where he would have beaten Hillary Clinton had it not been for the Democrat National Committee rigging the rules against old Bernie Sanders, poor old Bernie, poor old red dapper-dober baby Bernie Sanders. But he would have won that election had it not been for the DNC, which by that time was a wholly owned subsidiary of Hillary Clinton, had they not placed their thumb on the scale. But even more than that, the, the radical leftists being in control of who votes in the primaries, which determines who the general voters, uh, the the Democrat voters in the general election get to choose from. It's turning out that um, the the Democrats, this this new far left cultural Marxist Democrat, doesn't represent people who self-identify as Democrats at all. 57% of the people who vote for Democrats identify themselves as moderate or somewhat conservative. I know that's against um, conventional wisdom, but over 50%, 56%, of Democrat voters in 2018 identify themselves as moderate or conservative. And they're absolutely voting uh, for something that they do not believe in. I can only chalk it up to being ill-informed or uh, or or uninformed or, or else they're willing to trade their own uh, long-term interests for short-term goodies and giveaways. Nancy Pelosi was on 60 Minutes last night, and she talked a little bit about this uh, when when um, Stahl um, asked her, why, why are you letting the, uh, the far left wing of your party drive politics?
2: So you are contending with a group in Congress. Over here on the left flank are these self-described socialists. On the right, these moderates. And you yourself said that you're the only one who can unify everybody. And the question is, can you? By and large, uh, whatever orientation they came to Congress with, they know that we have to hold the center, that we have to go down the mainstream. They know that? They do. But it doesn't look like that. It looks as if it, you're, it's fractured. She likes to minimize the conflicts within her caucus between the moderates and the progressives. You have these wings, AOC and her group on one side. That's well, like five people.
1: No. It- oh, that's like five people, she says. You can bet that uh, Talib and Omar and, and um, AOC are not going to like to hear that because they've commenced their... There are armies of Twitter followers that they're leading the party. Um, and and the truth of the matter is they are driving an ideologic lead, no matter what old Nancy Pelosi would let, have you believe.
2: Progressives. You have these wings, AOC and her group on one side. Well, it's like five people. No, it's, it's a progressive group. It's more than well, it's five. Aggressive. I'm a progressive, yeah. Well, as I understand it, the progressives want radical change.
1: I hate that term, progressive. What a bunch of bull. Progressing toward what? Progressing toward ruin? Progressing toward disintegration? Not progressing in the sense of progress. You may be progressing toward a goal, but that goal is uh, wholly unworthy of the histories and tradition of this nation. But what's really funny about this, in the old days, as crazy as people like... um, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Chris Coons from Maryland and Steny Hoyer and the rest of those, those far left uh, leaders in the Democrat Party. As crazy as they were, as far out on the left as they were, we, we never saw this rise of this new full-blown socialist Marxist identity politics Uh, That has infected the Democrat Party and now has all of the Democrat Party presidential candidates dancing to their tune. It's really quite something to see and you wonder what it would take. For the Democrats to wake up. The white working class Democrats at least and I shouldn't say white working class the working class Democrats. Democrats and realize that uh that they they've their party is being led by a bunch of socialists notwithstanding anything uh Nancy Pelosi has to say about that she's trying to keep the mask on it and i know that there are a group of democrats that got elected uh, in 2018 these freshman democrats who were elected from trump supporting districts because the mainstream media had convinced those voters that uh, Trump was a dupe of Vladimir Putin. But they wish AOC and Tlaib and Omar would sit down and shut up and stop making fools of them so that they might have a chance of reelection. I think in, in 2020, this is just my personal opinion. You're going to have a huge whipsaw effect of those districts going back into the Republican column. That's, Um, assuming that the Democrats' Republican National Committee gets off its butt and starts really mobilizing to play the same electoral engineering game that the Democrats are playing, like out there in Orange County, California, with with the vote harvesting. But, um, you know, Omar, we've got this big... Controversy right now about Omar uh, saying, well, some people on 9 11, some people did something. And anybody that uh, points out how disrespectful and dismissive that is of 3,000 Americans getting killed by a group of Muslim terrorists is immediately uh, condemned by the uh, opposition media, the Democrats' mouthpieces, as being attacking Omar because she's a Muslim. You see, in the cultural Marxist um, rules, the only people you're allowed to criticize are white people. And white straight people, I should say. If you're white and you declare yourself to be gay, then you can be part of their intersectional coalition over there on the left. But if you ever, ever say anything... About someone who's not white and straight, no matter how justified it is, no matter how fact-based it is, then you are by very uh, by very definition being racist because you condemn somebody for uh, you know that was part of a protected group. Say something bad about uh, Omar because she dismissed the terrorist atrocities of 9-11 as some people did something? Well, you're a racist because Omar is Muslim, and you, you, you can't say that about a Muslim. Complain about people walking over the nation's border by the hundreds of thousands, costing this nation hundreds of billions of dollars a year. Well, you're a racist because those people are Hispanic, and you're not allowed just say anything negative about Hispanics. If you want to hear a, a classic example of this, I've got a clip here. This is old, uh, Beta Beto O'Rourke talking about how people are beating up on poor Omar because she is a Muslim.
3: Last night, if you weren't unfortunate enough to be on tour... And saw the president's tweet about the member of Congress, Ilhan Omar, from Minnesota, happens to be a Muslim member of Congress. And that is important because the president tweeted a video.
1: Oh, that's important that she's a Muslim because the president tweeted a video of the thing she was referring to. Some people did something. He interposed that with uh, the actual tax of 9 11, which is perfectly legitimate. He's doing it because she's a Muslim. He wouldn't have done that if she was just a, a white Democrat. Of course he would have. It's an outrageous statement. It's ridiculous. It's insulting. It's disrespectful of the people that died on 9 11. But here's Obeto again.
3: Happens to be a Muslim member. Of Congress and that is important because the president tweeted a video that shows representative Omar speaking talking about ensuring that we stand up for the full civil rights of every single American
1: actually what she was talking about was claiming that uh, Muslims are being somehow discriminated against because some people did something and there's absolutely no truth no no basis for her claim. She didn't. That's the the uh, fact free environment in which the Democrats operate in. They never have to give examples or point out, you know, uh, any proof of this. Ilhan Omar is a Somali refugee to the United States that that came here. The uh, the Lutheran churches resettled her in the Minnesota in Minnesota to get her out of a. Uh, refugee camp in Kenya. She came here and was elected to Congress of the United States. That this country was so racist and so discriminatory against Muslims. That never would have happened. Rashid Talib never would have been elected to Congress over there in uh, suburban Detroit, if that were the case. But it's all about the victimhood ide- uh, ideology. Everybody's a victim except for white people. And this is the, the really the only thing that they know to argue about. They, they don't, AOC, Tlaib, Omar, they don't have any um, grasp or education in civics or the real history of this country. It's all about their cultural Marxist identity, victimization, politics, 24-7. And if you try to change the subject or call them out on something they actually said, they immediately run behind the shield of uh, identity politics and, and declare that you're inciting violence against them. Here's, a, here's Beto. We stand
3: up for the full civil rights mm. of every single American. Yes. Make yeah. you short, you know, no one is discriminated against, or vilified, or demonized based on their faith their country of origin, or any other difference that should not matter in this great country of ours. And then that speech is interspliced with planes hitting the Twin Towers on 9-11. And the end of the video says, we will never forget. This is an incitement to violence.
1: This is the big talking point. Anytime you can condemn or criticize anybody that's a member of these protected classes, or for that matter, just a leftist Democrat, you're accused of inciting violence. What a crock. Nobody's inciting violence. What they're doing is they're running and hiding behind their shield of victimhood because she said something stupid. Heaven forbid she should say, "Well, you know, I misspoke or i didn't i I wish I had said it more clearly and then state it more clearly. No, you're inciting violence if you point out how disrespectful and dismissive I am of this terrorist attack. You're inciting violence as if the violence is coming from the right. There's no organization like Antifa that dresses in black uniforms and takes weapons out in the streets and assaults people who disagrees with them politically. There is no analog of that in the Republican party. And if there were, and they tried to go out, they would be immediately arrested in these Democrat cities where these Antifa violent leftists are allowed to run wild. Inciting violence. Nobody's inciting violence. You know, there was a time before the cultural Marxists took hold where words had actual meaning. Incitement had a meaning. You were encouraging people to attack them by by the use of your words. You weren't just criticizing them or calling out their outrageous behavior. You were actually encouraging people to attack them. There has been none of that that old Beto and the rest and Omar and, and AOC and Tlaib and all of them are trying to claim. This is straight off of the university campuses where they accuse anybody that, that disagrees with them or their lifestyles of advocating violence against them, which then gives these leftists license and permission to assault you. Because you're trying to exterminate them by criticizing them. And that's what the whole Antifa movement is is based upon. You're a fascist because you criticize me and criticizing me is inciting violence and you want to exterminate me. Therefore, I'm going to hit you on the head with this bike lock. It is insanity. And it has thoroughly infected the Democrat Party. And they're, they're not trying to fight back against it because they dare not. They know that that's where the energy is and the primary voters are. Here's the rest of this clip from Beta Beto.
3: He's hitting the Twin Towers on 9-11, and the end of the video
4: says, we will never forget. Indicted.
1: So we're not allowed to say we will never forget anymore. Oh, my goodness.
3: This is an incitement to violence. Against Congresswoman Omar? Against our fellow Americans who happened to be Muslim?
1: Happened to be Muslim. It's an incitement to point out that Omar called 9-11. Some people did something. You know, the first um, person of any stature to call out Omar on this ridiculous statement was uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw former navy seal who was uh, wounded did two or three tours in iraq and afghanistan lost an eye uh, from an iud he um she, she started screaming oh this is incitement this is incitement and Grinshaw pointed out let's be clear and uh calling out somebody for the statements they made is not incitement that's just your attempt to shut up your critics, and then AOC jumped in and said, "Why don't you do something about terrorism?" Seriously, AOC is lecturing to Dan Crenshaw, a warrior in the highest traditions of our country. Well, I'll just uh, I'll just let you hear Crenshaw's reply directly. Uh, it, it's like you said; it's almost not worth responding to. Okay, but, but let's unpack
4: this. Okay, so so she thinks that uh, co-sponsoring a bill, by the way, that isn't out of committee yet, means that's higher defending 9-11 victims. Last I checked, I... I thought I did defend 9-11 victims. I went overseas and (laughs) and tried to make sure that this attack never happened again and made sure to take the fight to the enemy that committed it. It's not just her either. It's also her counterpart in New York, Max Rose. I mean, the fact that they would double down on this and try to provide cover for Ilhan Omar, when, when all you have to do really is say, hey you know she misspoke maybe you know maybe she didn't mean it that way why don't you say that yeah well, I, Th- all this, she this has to say is should... i was a little too flip uh, perhaps my language was a little too imprecise i know that 3000 people died on that horrible day and those some people were uh, radical al qaeda terrorists who we've been trying to bring to justice but she doesn't right. do that she actually doubled down uh with this tweet look look at what uh omar tweeted about this this is from i guess uh the The other day the people and the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon as president george h or george w bush was bush downplaying the terrorist attacks what if he was a muslim i mean george w bush i mean george w (laughs) bush went to ground zero when there was still smoke up there and we didn't even know it was al-qaeda exactly and he says you know they brought these buildings down and he went into afghanistan and he did something about it
1: well, in the short time we got left, I want to remind you again uh, to go to mojo50.com and register to win this uh, Tar River Arms Smith & Wesson Bodyguard 380 handgun. This is a beautiful weapon, perfect for concealed carry. It's got a laser sight, a crimson laser sight. It's a, a Smith & Wesson. I think you can choose it in either stainless steel or matte black. It's a seven-round uh, capacity, six in the clip and one in the uh, chamber. Lightweight, 12 ounces. Very concealable. It's got a polymer um, polymer receiver. And as I said, uh, it's got that uh, laser sight. It is a great gun, and you can register to win it. If you'll just go to mojo50.com slash register to win. Actually, I think you can just go to their main page, mojo50.com. And there will be a, uh, a link up there at the very top of the page. Sadly, though, sadly, hosts on Mojo Five O are ineligible to win. <laughs> so, so if you don't want a gun, but you like me, go over there and register. And if you win, you can give it to me. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Smith & Wesson Bodyguard, 380. For free from Tar River Arms by registering at mojo50.com. Well, we started this uh, segment. We were talking about whether or not uh, the the majority of the Democrats, the people that call themselves Democrat and vote Democrat, realize that the the leadership of their party has been hijacked by cultural Marxist, the identity politics lunacy that uh, that has arisen on college campuses throughout this nation has found a home and taken over the Democrat Party. And if you're friends with a young person, you need to uh, try to do as much as you can to educate them on what exactly is going on, because I'm afraid we're going to lose the next generation if we don't start, start uh, correcting some of the damage that's been done by these leftist institutions of higher education. Got to run out to a break. When we come back. We're going to talk about uh, Trump's proposal to bust illegal aliens that are in this country claiming sanctuary to the sanctuary cities who say they want them. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages.
2: I've been
4: working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill.
0: When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on Root Metrics by IHS Markets Root Score reports 2H2020 of 4 Mobile Networks. check out Schwans.com backslash yum for details
1: and you're back on right now with jim dawes your daily journal of news politics and culture Coming to you on the Mojo50 Radio Network each weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Eastern Time. On the Mojo50 Radio Network, you can find us on iHeartRadio or on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. And listen online at mojo50.com. You know, before we went out to the break, we were talking about Ilhan Omar. In her description of nine eleven is some people did something, and you're not allowed to criticize that. If you do, you are by definition an Islamophobe, which means you have an irrational fear of Muslims. I don't know about irrational, but um, an interesting thing happened over the weekend in in uh, Ilhan Omar's Minnesota congressional district little five year old boy was there with his family on a third store balcony when a um one of Ilhan Omar's constituents came by, snatched the little boy up and threw him off the third story balcony. He fell forty feet. He had survived the fall and he's in a um, a hospital now struggling to survive. But Ilha and Omar had nothing to say about this, probably because the perpetrator is black and the little five-year-old boy victim was white. And this act was totally at random. So if you're looking for a motivation... For why this happened, it might occur to you that this is a hate crime, not a pretend trumped up bogus hate crime like Ilhan Omar specializes in trafficking, trafficking in, not a fake hoax hate crime like Jussie Smollett in Chicago, but an actual hate crime. Did you Did you hear any coverage of this in the mainstream media over the weekend? Absolutely not. And I've got my suspicions about why that is. The suspect's name is Emmanuel Deshaun Aranda. And I'm not sure that that's going to end up being his actual name. I think that may be an alias. And that uh, Aranda may have more in common with Ilhan Omar than uh, first meets the eye. She hasn't had anything to say about that. She's been too busy Claiming other people were inciting violence against her to to actually take notice of this horrendous apparent hate crime that took place in her own congressional district over the weekend. Little five year old boy, his name's Landon. Everyone who knows him says he's just an absolutely great kid. Struggling for his life, he's in a full body cast. There's a page, a GoFundMe page for the family to help cover their expenses. I'm not sure how they're set up on insurance, but this is going to be a long-term recovery if this boy survives it at all. You can go to the GoFundMe page for Landon and help out. I think they've raised about $400,000 so far, and they're going to need every bit of that. Every little bit will help. Ilhan Omar has absolutely no interest in bringing this to light. And i I think before it's all over with, it's going to become clearer and clearer why she doesn't want to mention this um, this apparent hate crime. and doesn't want to uh to change the subject to that. So you probably know that the president uh, over the weekend, actually, I think it was late Friday said that we're considering busing some of these uh, uh, caravans that are coming across our border to some of these sanctuary cities. And why not? I mean, the sanctuary cities have declared, actually passed a law saying that that's what they want to do. They want to provide sanctuary to illegal aliens to keep them from being deported. So why wouldn't they want more? After all, it's these, uh, these Democrats who run these big cities that are fighting tooth and nail to make sure that the president is not able to build his wall and secure the border that absolutely refuse to do anything about correcting the Flores agreement so that, uh, so that you can detain these people on the border instead of just releasing them into the country. And under the Obama administration, his, uh, immigration and naturalization service made a point Made a practice of resettling large numbers of these faux refugees in cities Republican cities throughout the country, including Boise, Idaho and Lewiston, Maine and in the suburbs of Minneapolis, St. Paul, throughout the country. never asked permission from the people that uh, that you know lived in these these places just resettled them. But you'll note that the Democrats never resettled large numbers of these refugees in, uh, let's say, Martha's Vineyard or out on the Hamptons in Long Island or in Nancy Pelosi's district there in Tony, San Francisco or Napa Valley where she's got a second home with a vineyard surrounding it. You see, they want to talk about how they want to provide sanctuary. But when it comes to actually paying the price that they're imposing on the rest of America, well, that's for the little people to bear. That's not for us. We send our children to private schools. We live behind gated communities. We live in neighborhoods where these people could never afford to live. We're not going to have to suffer the consequences of this on the Upper East Side of Chicago, Upper West Side of Chicago, I mean to say. So the president makes a perfectly legitimate and I think reasonable proposal. If these sanctuary cities want to offer sanctuary, we've got these people coming in. We can't stop them because of these Democrat policies. So we'll send them what they say they want. Oh no. The Democrats absolutely melted down, claiming that Trump was talking about dumping those illegal aliens on us. Well, what kind of, description is that dumping these are good people according to you these are the people that uh, do the jobs that americans won't do these people are, are safer than americans and they don't they don't cost taxpayers they're a net benefit to the country according to the people who run these sanctuary cities and keep us from reforming our immigration laws no you know what they really think and they've made it quite clear what they think this this proposal by the president is absolutely unheard of he's using these immigrants well guess what these immigrants are going to go somewhere and where they're going right now is in el paso and houston and and other places they're they're bound and determined to try to flip texas to a blue state and they hope to do it by keeping us from enforcing our border And um, they talked about this on, on Fox. Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA had something interesting to say about it.
5: What I love about it is, he calls the bluff. He says, "Oh, you, you want open borders? You want to tear down the walls? You want to have mm-hmm. illegals to vote? We'll put them in your cities." Oh no, you can't do that. I mean, just seeing the outrage on yeah. social media in the yeah, last yeah, couple of days. Why are the well, they worried? They're group of people. Exactly.
4: I thought they're yeah. less
5: likely to commit crimes, which is not true. Yeah. I thought they don't cost taxpayers yeah. anything, which is not true. And so, for the mayor of Philadelphia, for example, who danced in his office when he, they made Philadelphia a sanctuary city, why not another hundred thousand illegals? in your city i thought you're the city of brotherly love i thought you're this the party of diversity and tolerance see this is so important when it comes to the left they're very quick to virtue signal but very slow if not resistant to actually live under the policies that they advocate mm-hmm. so president trump send them to the sanctuary cities and see how much they like to see the the, the schools overrun the traffic jams the, the, the prices going
1: up i love to see this happen. and the other the hospitals being destroyed the jails being uh, overcrowded All of this is dumped on people who never voted for this, never supported it by the people who absolutely scream like bloody murder if you ever suggest doing anything that would impact them. I would absolutely set up a major sanctuary uh, uh, holding center in Martha's Vineyard right in the middle of it. I, I, I would buy a big piece of property, And I would put up housing for these illegal immigrants right there on Martha's Vineyard. And I would put as many of them up there to await their their, um, asylum hearing as I possibly could. I would go up to Aspen, Colorado, where they like to have their little retreats and talk about how terrible these bigoted Republicans are. And I would would set up a big uh, center there as well. How about uh how about right in the middle of washington d c what's that uh, Tony neighborhood where the Obamas live? You could uh condemn some property, take it through eminent domain for a public use, and set up some de- detention centers right there, release these people onto the streets. I'm not suggesting that they're all bad people, but they are a huge drain. On the taxpayers, they have huge impacts to the social services offered in any jurisdiction. Let the people who want it have more of it. And as I was thinking about this show today, I was uh, headed to the studio. And I heard Jonah Goldberg, the, the Democrats' favorite conservative Republican, on national public radio, the far leftist propaganda outlet that you and I get to fund with our tax dollars. And he's, doing a, he's on there doing what Jonah Goldberg does, and that is telling the Democrats exactly what they want to hear, and that is that uh, President Trump's crazy and Republicans are mean and evil. I can't remember the name of the, uh, the commentator that had Jonah Goldberg on, but he's on NPR. He's a regular host of Morning Edition. I'm going to play you a clip. It's kind of a long clip. It's actually a very long clip, and I'm going to comment on it as it goes. But this is Jonah Goldberg doing what Jonah Goldberg does. You know, that's the way he gets attention. It's the way National Review stays in the good graces of their cocktail party liberal friends. By, you know, every time push comes to shove, they cuck out and condemn their fellow Republicans so-called fellow Republicans. Here's, uh, here's Jonah Goldbarger on NPR this morning.
6: We are indeed, as reported, giving strong considerations to placing illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities, and now the White House appears to be doubling down. Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley spoke yesterday to NPR's Michelle Martin.
4: It's not political retribution. If anything, you should consider it on the Democrat side to be an olive branch.
6: Conservative commentator Jonah Goldberg is here with us. He's senior editor with National Review. You often hear him on our program. Uh, Jonah, thanks for coming in. Oh, great to be here. A political olive branch. What exactly is the White House argument here?
5: Well, uh, the White House's argument is that somehow that since Democrats won't make changes to the existing immigration laws, which I think the Republicans have, or the the White House has a good reason to complain about some
1: of that, we do have real problems. Uh, You think he might have something to complain about there? The Democrats have absolutely steadfastly refused to do anything about an obvious crisis on our southern border that's flooding the country with... Immigrants from the third world that have not been vetted, that have not been screened, and are here illegally, they refuse to do anything about it. The most Jonah Goldberg can say is, oh, they have a legitimate concern.
5: That this is somehow a way to deal with the crisis at the border in a way that is sort of asking Democrats to put up
1: or shut up since they're in favor of sanctuary cities and the rest. How about you bear some of the burden that you're putting on everybody else?
5: Uh, I want to be very clear. I think this may be one of the single most asinine moments in in modern American politics. Uh,
1: Uh, There it is. There it is. There's Jonah Goldberg giving them what they want. This is why they bring him in. He said at the top of the interview, we bring him in here uh, quite often. He is one of their very, very favorite Republicans over there on NPR. Actually, one of the very few Republicans they'll actually have on if any Republican – uh, says anything that uh, you know, directly contradicts their narrative, he 's never asked back. But Jonah Goldberg gets on again and again because he's a solidly reliable conservative.
5: Modern American <laughs> politics, uh, single
1: most asinine moments
5: in, in modern American <laughs> politics.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's not asinine at all. it's actually quite reasonable. it's the kind of things that Democrats have done, uh, do all the time. Well, I don't mean to say it's reasonable because of that, but it it is the tactics that the Democrats use. And it's about damn time we fought fire with fire. And at the very heart of this proposal is something that's quite reasonable. If you're going to push these policies on us, if you're going to dig in and refuse to do anything to help us correct it, then you should suffer the consequences of it, not the people in Boise, Idaho or out in Utah, or in Lewiston, Maine, or in New Hampshire, don't flood those places. Put your money where your mouth is. Take them into your home. You know they, that's that's what blows my mind about a lot of this. None of these uh, these Hollywood celebrities that are constantly telling us how how much more virtuous they are than the rest of us. Open their homes to any of, um, you know, these illegal aliens, except for to clean the toilets and mow the lawn, maybe, and then go to the bus stop at the end of the day. But they want to tell us, you know, what wonderful that people they are and how how awful we are because we can't afford private schools. We can't live behind gated communities. We can't have private security guards. Back to this clip from Jonah Goldberg.
5: Yeah, I mean, what you say in the beginning, that this is, at least it's rhetorically back on the table, uh, rhetorically gives it a very flowery, um, high-minded, almost platonic status. This is the triumph of trolling in in lieu
1: of public policy, where... um, It's not in lieu of public policy. They have made very many proposals on public policy. They've been stymied by the Democrats and their leftist Obama lawyers out in the Ninth Circuit Court. So yeah, there may be a certain trolling aspect to it, but it's not only trolling, it's making an issue to illustrate a point. And I think it it could have a legitimate policy behind it. I see nothing wrong whatsoever. If you're going to resettle these people in our country to, to put them in Martha's Vineyard or Napa Valley, uh, set up a. A relocation settlement center right outside of nancy pelosi 's uh, lawn there in uh, in her vineyard
5: status this is the triumph of trolling in in lieu of public policy where Um, The president assumes that the entire country agrees with his characterization of the refugees at the border as a bunch of predatory, um, dangerous criminals that are just massing on the border to invade the country.
1: We don't know who they are. They have no identification when they come here. We, We can't do a background check on them. They may or may not be dangerous criminals. In many cases, they are. Some cases they're good people, but they're still here illegally. We have a process to enter this country and this is this is the kind of rhetoric that Jonah Goldberg will always give them if they invite him on. He loves the validation. Oh the good people, the good Democrats love me. But nobody's saying that every one of them is a uh, ms thirteen gangster. Nobody's saying that every one of them will go on welfare, although a majority will. Nobody's saying that every one of them are infected with communicable diseases, although many are. What we're saying is we have, a, we have to have a process to identify those that are, and the, those that aren't, that want to come here, can apply for citizenship just like the millions of other people on the waiting list already.
5: Back to this clip. As a bunch of predatory, um, dangerous criminals that are just massing on the border to invade the country. And polls do not show that most of the country believes that.
1: Right, And moreover, there's no data that suggests that that that's because people don't believe a majority are. People know that among them are are many of, of those.
5: That's what these people really are, right? And so then he says, the assumption is, okay, well, we're just going to give the Democrats what they want, and we're going to unleash these barbarians in their midst.
1: First of all, if your concern is attractive... Barbarians like the man who had entered the country seven times illegally and shot and killed Kate Steinle on that pier in San Francisco. Barbarians like the MS-13 gangsters out on Long Island, New York, who hacked... Two teenage girls to death of American citizens. Far out of the Hamptons where the Tony New York City Ma- Manhattan elite go to weekend, though.
5: More refugees announcing that when you get to the border, you're going to get a free bus ticket to the very places these people are trying to get to
1: will only heighten this. and he- Nothing can heighten it at this point. You've got the, a caravan amassing down in Honduras of almost 20,000, the only thing we can hope for is that that the uh, Mexican government will somehow keep them from crossing the border, but I have no no belief that that's going to happen at all. The president made threats to close the U.S.-Mexican border, and the uh, Mexicans promised to try to do something about the caravans, but it's not going to happen. It was just something that they could say to get past the next, you know, effort of the president holding, holding them accountable. I'm going to do a little bit more of this uh interview with Jonah Goldberg because it's so illustrative of this uh conservative republican type that we've got far too many of in Washington DC and especially in the um in the conservative press.
6: But what is the point if it's not going to happen? Like what what are we all talking about if if even people who support this are saying this is not going to happen?
5: I think it's fodder for Twitter, it's fodder for cable news talk shows, it's fodder for Trump to sort of get the headlines he likes from friendly outlets, but it is it is it is insane on almost every level to take it seriously and it sort of puts the lie to this th- this stuff about how we're supposed to take the president's rhetoric uh, seriously but not literally or whatever
1: well even if it were just a rhetorical flourish in order to try to illustrate a point it would still be useful to point this out it was quite telling when the sanctuary city mayors and the leadership in the democrat party came out screaming like bloody murder when they thought this might happen i wish it would happen i have no um, confidence that it will because the that this president has backed off these threats repeatedly to close the border to uh ignore these federal judges but if it did happen it would be a perfectly legitimate response
5: um- betraying his central campaign promise, which was to halt the flow of immigrants into this country. He would be the greatest net importer of immigrants into this country if he followed through on this. And let's be clear, the places that that these people at the border want to go are precisely the places he's threatening to send them for Or free. joining
6: their family. They want to come sure. into the country. So this would, in, in some ways, either they would go to cities that they might want to go to, or they would only spend a few days in a sanctuary
1: city. And I- they don't want to go to these cities. These cities are... To, you, to coin a, a term from the president, S-holes. They want to go to conservative states and cities that have uh, lots of job opportunities and in, in, uh, you know, working class jobs. They don't want to go to these high crime Democrat cities. It's the last place they want to go to. Man, oh man, we've got just a few minutes left, but I want to talk a little bit about this Mueller report that's expected to be released on Thursday. No matter what it says, no matter how many redactions it's got, the Democrats will claim that it validates their claim that the president colluded with Russia and obstructed justice. If it doesn't have a word in there, and I would be surprised if it didn't have a whole bunch of um in in uh not direct charges but uh implications and innuendo because let's face it, Mueller was there for a purpose and he he hired seventeen angry Democrats on his staff for a purpose and if you read these indictments of Paul Manafort or Papadopoulos or Gates or any of them. You see that uh they'll they'll go on and on and on about Russia collusion and, and um and involvement, you know, with meeting Russians and such, and then when it comes to the actual indictment, charging them with a crime, you find out that there's nothing in there for that anyway. As a matter of fact, no not one single American, whether associated with the Trump campaign or not, was ever indicted for colluding. But you read these indictments and, and until you get to the very end, you think that's what it's all about. And I I, I suspect that the Mutual Report is going to be very similar. It's going to be filled with smears and implications and innuendo that is absolutely unsupported by the facts and never never charged because they know that they can't prove it in a court of law. And I think it's very interesting that the United States is trying to Extradite Julian Assange from the U.K, after Mueller indicted 12 Russians for supposedly feeding WikiLeaks, the DNC and John Podesta's emails, and yet, there's no indictment of Julian Assange. Why wouldn't they indict Julian Assange? That's the chance they've got to actually get their hands on somebody that they claim were responsible for the hacking of the DNC and John Podesta's emails. Why wasn't the Mueller team there ready to go with an indictment? You know why? Because they can't prove it because it never happened. They didn't even bother examining the DNC servers or interviewing Julian Assange, although he was captive there in the Ecuadorian embassy. But when the Democrats get this report on Thursday, they're going to, they're going to pretend that it implicates Trump because there's going to be all sorts of fudge language that doesn't mean anything to try to smear Trump contained in that report. I'm absolutely sure of it. The report ought not to ever be released because guess what? If a prosecutor investigates you and doesn't find anything with which he can bring charges, he's not supposed to be able to go out there and smear you. That's exactly what James Comey did to Hillary Clinton when he refused to indict her for her multiple violations of the Espionage Act with keeping top secret national security secrets on her private server. Now, she should have been indicted, she should have been tried, and she ought to be in jail. But if he wasn't going to indict her, the Democrats are absolutely right. He had no business going out there and smearing her. So I guess this is Mueller's supposed payback against Donald Trump. And we're going to have to listen to this, you know, we're going to have to listen to the Democrats say, well, you know, he didn't have enough proof for an indictment, but we certainly got enough proof here for impeachment. So we got to get the impeachment band, bandwagon going. And we're going to have to listen to this for the next two years because the Democrats do not have any policies or legislation that benefits the American people. We're going to have to listen to identity politics, obstruction, and collusion nonstop all the way up to the 2020 elections in November in 2019. Well... That's no 2020. Well, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. I hope you'll join us again back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. When the weather outside
3: is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful because it's got available H-track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.